welcome to part three of our series on is God, quote unquote, a good thing? Is the concept of God a useful thing? If you're just jumping in here quickly, it's a sequential episode. We actually recorded it all at once. Really recommend listening to parts one and two before jumping into part three. Yep. In part one, we looked at reasons to believe in God, went through a bunch of different ones. It's quite a good sort of primer on history of Western philosophy and, and, and sort of reasons people have put forward for God's existence. Theology. Theology. Thank you. That was what I was looking for. Yep. Part two, we looked at is religion net beneficial? Whether mm. or not God exists, has religion been positive for society or not? And then this time we'll be looking at what is the source of moral authority for religion? What justifies the ethical authority of God? So really quickly, Morality of Everyday Things is a morality podcast that we run. I'm, Ant. I'm Jake. Hopefully you know that by now and if you enjoy the show please do like share review all the normal stuff jump on spotify leave a review go on apple podcast leave a review share it with a friend feel free to message us anthony at stasher.com jacob at stasher.com yep we'd love to hear from you yes uh, let's get cracking with this episode can i give a quick anecdote actually go on we mentioned philosophy and theology i'd just like to tell a funny story so we studied at oxford i studied politics philosophy and economics and jake studied uh, economics and management because i studied philosophy i did share a lot of my courses with philosophy and theology students so oxford doesn't offer straight philosophy Right. And that means that there's a very funny circumstance where sometimes people who want to study straight philosophy, the best alternative, PPE is extremely competitive and the economics element means that you probably need some math. So people who just want to study philosophy are like, well, that's not an option or too competitive. So they apply to philosophy and theology. Mm -hmm. Right. The funny thing is sometimes people who are just putting up with the theology part apply to philosophy and theology, and then they just get offered, they're like, sorry, you didn't get into the philosophy and theology course, but you can take the theology course. <laughs> and then they have this funny thing where it's like, ah, oh, I can go to one of the best universities in the world, but I have to study theology, or I can actually study philosophy at another uni. <laughs> uh, and there's some number of people who do take the theology course because they're kind of shoehorned into that's the yeah, only way they can go to Oxford. It's a bit difficult to turn down Oxford, right? That's quite funny. Uh, and just to mention the philosophy and theology reminded me of that. It also used to go by the uh, shorthand, filthy. It did go by filthy, <laughs> yeah. Are you, are you filthy? <laughs> <laughs> so, moving on with the episode, we're looking at the justification for the ethical authority of God, and everything we've discussed in previous episodes begs the question that if religion provides a code of morality, what is it that means that God can be considered an ethical authority. Like mm. where, wherein do we vest the sort of power in these rules? What justifies both the system of ethics and what it teaches is of great importance for the study of ethics. For the study of ethics. So, I mean, that basically means that, you know, what justifies both a system of ethics and what it teaches is of great importance for the study of ethics, right? Yep. So, so understanding where that comes from. By justification, we mean that in most systems of ethics, there is a reason as to why something is the standard for moral action. The question is then, what means that we should accept God as the ethical standard. We seem to need a reason, because otherwise it might be argued that otherwise God as an ethical authority is simply arbitrary. And we don't want that, since there's no reason to give him ethical authority above anyone or anything else. Yeah. And especially, you know, when it comes to cherry picking, because like we said, there's religious texts are very long and often contradictory. When mm -hmm. it comes to picking what parts to understand, that understanding of the justification is really important to picking the right understandings or the right things, mm -hmm. right? So a great deal of philosophical study conclude as Paul Gooch argues, great name. Um, <laughs> he's, a, he's from the University of Toronto. He does like a lot of sort of philosophy of religion. Stuff. Yes. Most studies conclude ethics should not be settled by an appeal to a, an authority, right? So, so to give an idea of what an appeal to an authority is, say that Jacob has a cold, right? That's you. That's it. Yeah. And I say to him, Jacob, you should have chicken soup, right? Mm -hmm. That's it. That's an argument, right? And Jacob says, why? Right. To justify my argument, I could give evidence. I could say every time that I'm ill, I have chicken soup and it makes me feel better, right? Mm -hmm. That would be an appeal to evidence, right? Alternatively, I could make an appeal to authority 
I can say, my mother told me that it's the best cure to a cold. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, and then Jake can assess whether he finds that to be a, a, <laughs> compelling. a, a compelling authority. I could say, a doctor told me. And then Jake might find that more compelling. Yeah. Uh, but then Jake, Jake might also ask, which doctor? <laughs> uh, and I'll say, my homeopathist. <laughs> and then <laughs> suddenly say, the argument crumbles. Yes. So that's uh, appeal to authority is when you say, you should do this and your evidence is because of the stature of someone who told you to do so or or because of the relationship between you and that person, their power. Yeah. Could it also be the case if you said, because I'm telling you to do so. (laughs) If I have authority over you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Because if I don't, you'll burn in hell. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like it could be that I have power over you. Maybe, you know, maybe you joke, but like, you know, often when a friend says, oh, you should do this, say that you consider them to be a smart friend. The authority of them being a smart person tends Mm. to be sufficient. Yeah, uh, yeah, so yeah. rarely people listen to me. Uh, <laughs> so if this is argued to be the case that appeal to an authority to resolve these, you know, any ethical disputes undermines the moral authority of a theory itself, right? Because those, those appeals to authority, uh, authority can undermine it. This is because of the question of what is it that justifies the authority's authority itself? It kind of creates this kind of turtles all the way down <laughs> issue, right? Authority's authority to be an authority is a bit of a mouthful, but that's basically the question. So yeah. it undermines an argument to say you should do so because this authority says so. Because then the natural question, as that mouthful said, is what's the authority's authority? Yeah, or, or why, right? Yeah. It's, it's like, you know, one, what gives them the power to, like, why, where, where are they sort of basing yes. decision or opinion on? Yeah. Like, why? The, it, it, like, authority isn't really a final point in an yeah. argument. Yeah, exactly. So, so, for example, say I put forward a utilitarian argument for some moral discussion. I'm like, axiomatically, uh, the good thing is the thing that promotes the most good. That's my premise, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you can disagree with my premise. But like, at least we've got to the base. Right? Yeah, you have a framework at yes. this point. Whereas, you know, an appeal to authority in a moral context, mm-hmm. natural question, why should I listen to that authority? There's a difference between the heuristic of listening to authority, like, oh, this person tends to be moralistically wise. Mm-hmm. And the imperative, you must listen because in the case of God, it wouldn't be heuristic because we're trying to determine mm-hmm. like why you should ever listen to them, not why generally it's convenient to, or smart to listen to them. But yeah, when God is an ethical authority, that is unfortunately exactly how morality seems to work, which so, makes the justification for God as an ethical authority an even more important question yeah so just to really draw that distinction between heuristic and authority as like the the axiomatic point Mm -hmm. right there's a big difference between saying generally it's good to listen to religious codes or whatever and saying religious codes are right by definition Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. that is the definition of what makes something right yeah and and i think you know if you look at religious scripture and 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 sort of talk to religious people that often does kind of fall back on like it's what God says, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's it. God is the sort of supreme source of authority by definition. It's almost like the ontological argument, which we talked about yes, in part one. Exactly. Um, but then but then the obvious question is, yeah. especially in the in the existence of so many contradictions in scripture, one, what how do we resolve those contradictions mm-hmm. if everything they say is right? Like this is a paradox. And two, the, the natural question, why? Why are they the authority? Like yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> so so a big idea to talk about here is something called divine command theory, but it links directly to something called the euthyphro dilemma. I think I've said that right. It's a bit of a hard word to say. Euthyphro. euthyphro. I think it might be ethyphro. Ethyphro. Go go euthyphro. Go euthyphro because it's written in English, but generally a U in Greek can also be a a verb. Well, you are a resident Greek authority, and mm, uh, I think it, it, I no, defer to your authority. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it's anglicized, as in like it's written how oh. it's pronounced phonetically, or anyway. Carry on. So. Uh, divine command theory. God as an ethical authority might mean something like divine command theory. And divine command theory states that whatever God commands is what you should do. Because God commands it, it is your obligation to do such a thing. Okay, so classic example, God tells Abraham, kill your son. 
Yep. Really, that was more a test of his devotion, but like, you know, understanding of religion and certainly Abraham's understanding is like, it's not wrong because God mm. told me to do it. Yeah. So Abraham goes along with his uh, with his son, like a lamb to the slaughter. And then the last minute, God's like, whoa, 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 man. <laughs> <laughs> it was a test. <laughs> Implying that, in fact, the fact that it was a test implies that it was the wrong thing. He was just testing his conviction to God yeah. rather than whether he would do the right thing. Anyway. Funny. Um, well, I mean, to be fair, they use it to say, hey, you're really devout and that's great. You should follow me blindly. But that's <laughs> such a strange, like. I know. What, what son hears that story and is like, yeah, let's be religious. <laughs> yeah. It's funny because I remember they teach that in school and I remember a priest sort of teaching us and trying to explain. It's like, yeah, and it's it's just beautiful, that devotion. And all the kids were like, and that's why we cut four seconds. <laughs> <laughs> all the kids are like, why he was going to kill his kid? Like, yeah. <laughs> why would he do that? Uh, anyway, um, so. Divine command theory raises the question, which has long been a dilemma. I mentioned this, Euthyphro dilemma, which is how we're going to pronounce it. Do the gods love what is good because it is good? Or is what is good good because the gods love it? Question mark. This means that it's either the case that there is a separate code of morality to God, and this tells us what's good, and that's why God commands it. Yeah, in God, which case, God has a strong sense of what's good. Yeah, in which case, where does that come from? Or is it the case that God commands it and, and it's good it because good. it, yeah, like God is the sort of end point of authority. God says, do this. And therefore, that's what makes it good. So the problem with this dilemma is that both sides seem to have implausible upshots. On the one hand, if God commands what is good because it is good, i.e. there's some external authority that that is making it good and he just has a good grasp of it, then this means that there is a constraint on God. Mm -hmm. Uh, Since if God is supremely good, then it does not seem consistent with him having that attribute for there to be a code of morality distinct from him. We'll come back to that. Basically, definitionally, it doesn't quite sit well. Right. Yeah. Uh, on the other hand, if God commands what is good and that makes it good, then it seems that he could have commanded anything to be good. And it's interesting because like, I feel that natural argument is like, oh, yes, pe- people might say like, oh, but God wouldn't command it if it wasn't good. Mm-hmm. Right. And they don't understand that. Like, if you're saying that, like you're thinking that God feels the way that you do. And then you're appealing to the fact that God feels a sense of what's good. Mm. And then you're appealing to like, there's something outside of God. Mm. Or maybe, maybe there's some overlap where it's like the way, like his personal moral code is the one that's right. And he just feels really strongly bound to it. I don't know. Yeah. So here's an example. Um, God could have made it such the moral thing to do would be to murder every hundredth baby born. But obviously we think that's wrong. Uh, It sounds somewhat like uh, the story of Herod at the birth of Jesus. Therefore, it seems there is a kind of morality that's distinct from God's will. This would make morality and God's commandments arbitrary. It would seem that there are no reasons for morality other than God's will. Yeah, the extent to which they overlap with what's moral is coincidental. Yeah. So it's or, either, or, yeah. you know, correlative. And basically, to sum up the dilemma, it's either the case that God is limited by failing to be an ethical authority or that he is arbitrary as an ethical authority. And in either case, it sort of feels like God can't really win, mm. which is tough for an omnipotent being. So how do we resolve this dilemma? Uh, Swinburne and T.J. Mawson argue that it can be. This is because there is a distinction between logical truths and contingent truths. Mm -hmm. Uh, This basically just means that there are some truths which are logically necessary, for example, genocide and torturing children. By logically necessary, that means that it would be contradictory for it to be otherwise. Good moral action is incompatible with assertions, and so they have to be wrong. So you're saying genocide and torturing children are necessarily bad is there a reason why? Am I missing the point about what logical truths and contingent truths It would are? be contradictory for it to be otherwise. Okay. This is presuming that we we think that this is against the moral code that we agree with. It's saying that those sort of actions would be contradictory, right? Mm-hmm. It's describing two types of things that are true, right? Mm-hmm. So the thing that's missing there is a premise that torturing is wrong and, and genocide is wrong. Sure. Okay. Right? 
Uh, and it's saying the reason that genocide and torturing children would be wrong is logically it's against that premise, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. This matters because the general consensus nowadays is that God cannot do that, which is a contradiction. It is not a limit if he can't do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It would not then be a limit on him since there would then be absolute moral facts that God could neither contradict nor determine. God is therefore not responsible for these moral things being wrong, but can be held to be responsible for saying whether other things are morally wrong or right. So we're sort of slightly changing the definition a bit there, right? Like, for example, worshipping on certain days of the week being right. God does make a moral difference, but could not have made it so that things we think are morally wrong be right. Mm. It's all a bit wordy. I think, I mean, my sense when you were sort of spelling out the dilemma was that it does seem to rest quite heavily on a definition of God. And it feels a little bit like when we talked about the ontological argument in part one, where it's like, hey, I mean, just because you've defined something doesn't necessarily make it so. Okay, interesting. Another alternative, perhaps the dilemma is is kind of a false paradox. Mm -hmm. Uh, False because God's nature is the standard for value. So this was the thing I was saying earlier, Mm. where like, maybe it's just that God has a strong sense of morality and his sense of morality, which is, it's not that whatever he says is right, it's that he has a strong sense of what is right, would only say what is right, and his sense of morality determines true morality. Yeah, which I feel is, is how a religious person would argue, right? They wouldn't yeah. say God's arbitrary. Like, yeah. Yes, because God it, could command anything, but he's not going to. Exactly. It's that, you know, God's not appealing to authority in that, like he'd say, like, one in a hundred babies have to be killed. You respect his authority because his morality is generally right, or yeah. always right. Which obviously presents a challenge to things like the sort of Leviticus homophobia uh, and other examples of like sort of violence promoted in religious scripture although we did talk about in part two you know Mm -hmm. there's like a a case for scripture being updated that it hasn't been etc etc yeah but these are old artifacts passed down through the years Mm. okay so let's think about religious versus non-religious justification key ways in which religious justification works differently to non-religious might then be seen to be in how much ethical autonomy it affords a person so if you have an ethical dilemma in a religious ethical framework that holds that there is a divine authority, then ethical disputes would be resolved by an appeal to that authority, i.e. God. Right. But this is not the same for the kinds of ethical systems that are non-religious. Uh, there might be other principles that a person can appeal to in, a ter- in ethical conflicts, but this isn't really an authority. You made this point already, right? So yeah. for a utilitarian, they would appeal to their principle of utility. Which is right. axiomatic. Yeah, the greatest good for the greatest number. And the consequences of an act in order to decide what act better fulfills that principle of utility. So you, you fall back on that as your sort of premise. So why does this distinction matter? You're good. Well, it matters because it means that an inability to justify God's authority in these kind of religious systems is of more consequence. Whereas in non-religious systems, it seems that what is more important is the agent's ethical decision rather than the ethical authorities. Interesting. So this leads to concerns about a lack of autonomy afforded by religious morality because of its nature. Right. Okay, so Gooch provides an account that argues that autonomy is afforded to individuals because people freely choose to follow this religious authority. Okay, okay. So it's the fact that you're choosing that authority that, oh, interesting. Okay, that vests it with that ethical authority, uh, with that authority over morality. Uh, That might be true, but it seems to somewhat avoid the question of what it is that justifies the authority of God. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Because his his answer is basically the fact that you're choosing to give him authority. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, So we end up where we started. Yeah, it feels a bit like I, I choose to give the scientist authority. Because, like, you know, yeah. the, the, the why does the scientist have authority? Because I chose to give him authority. Yeah. <laughs> so I have authority, but I've given it to him. <laughs> yeah. As it says in the notes, we seem to have ended up where we started. <laughs> yes. Really, I mean, religious justification is given just by the nature of God. And so it works differently compared to all forms of non religious justification. We might then say that it is wrong to expect that we could provide justification for God's ethical authority because the nature of God as an ethical authority doesn't require the same the justification as non-religious ethics. And this is kind of a whole strand of argument that I don't like, like because it's the thing. It's we're a saying, lot like faith and reason. It's a lot like faith and reason. Where like, the, like if your premise is that we can't mm. talk about it 
in a like we, basically we can't argue about it you know if your argument's like no 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 it just functions differently we're at an impasse we, mm. we, we like the whole point is that no things don't function differently and you need to explain this <laughs> yeah 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 we we've basically uh, and over the course of running this podcast and we've looked at different systems consequentialism deontology etc etc we've looked at different systems that appeal to reason fundamentally mm. as the sort of principle by which you build up arguments build up cases for how you should behave and how you live a good life or mm. whatever it is you're trying to do maximize utility develop rules etc etc it's it's all looking at like ethical behavior but it's yeah. always fundamentally you you fall back on sort of reason as the means by which you yeah come to your conclusions and yes. that's the difference here and that's why it was an interesting yeah. episode to record and why we want to look at this because yes, it's, it's such it's, a different sort of school of a of approach to sort of ethical yep. philosophy but it's also our big problem with it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because it's just a, it just has such a different character i think overall let's say there's an argument in scripture and some people say no that's not correctly interpreting god how do you think people are, are interpreting that to me because i actually think in fairness I think that the Euthyphro's dilemma maybe is a is actually a false dilemma. Like I guess dilemmas like I normally have a semantic quality of yes. problem, right? Yeah. So I, I think a good example, actually, a good analogy is a doctor, mm-hmm. right? You listen to a doctor because of their appeal to their authority, right? But the reason that they have authority is good. It's right? expertise. Like, is expertise, right? So the argument would be something along the lines of like maybe God is an expert in being moral. Yeah. Right. And so that's why he can appeal to his authority. But, you know, it's not that whatever he says is correct. He just has the perfect sense of what is correct. The problem is, how do we interpret that in reality? It's through the through the lens of like other people reading it and then applying their own morality. I mean, yeah. that's obviously all of this is even saying whether he's real or not. Like in, as we've made clear, we personally don't believe in him. Mm-hmm. But it's yeah, I, I think there's kind of an understanding where it's like, no, it's just that he's an expert in this field. It's not mm-hmm. that, you know, it's the same way that like, you know, a doctor has authority medically and could tell you anything and you would probably listen because they're appealing to their authority, mm-hmm. right? But a good doctor doesn't just say anything. They say what's yeah. right. <laughs> like a doctor could tell you to chop off your nose, but... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. They don't. Oh my god, you just reminded me of such a funny Mitchell and Webb sketch. They're two um, British comedians and mm. um, it starts off with like sad music and David Mitchell, he's like, you know, life's just not been the same since the operation. It's still building up this real sadness and then he gets up and walks and his, his knee starts squeaking <laughs> and, uh, and they're like, oh my god, you know, so what's what's happened? What's going on? And basically, he's had like a rubber chew toy inserted into his knee as part of this like knee operation that he's had. And then they go to Robert Webb, who's the doctor uh, <laughs> and they're like, there are allegations that you've been uh, basically Pranking patients, <laughs> and he just does this like amazing sort of like sort of smothered laugh. And he's like, "God, that's that's awful." That's, uh... <laughs> that is quite funny. Yeah, I mean, like 
I guess the difference is that we have checks and balances on doctors. Yes. God is a concept, not a person. And there's no real check and balance. The only check and balance is that what people choose to apply, mm. which is really the filter of religious, religious leaders, leaders yeah. uh, which, you know, if you base it on the LGBTQ debate, isn't always that good or mm. on the um, pedophilia debate. And then ultimately it's coming back to a person's religious and moral authority rather than the religious figures. God. That's a really long session. I think we'll wrap it up there. Jake, any concluding thoughts? Well, I was going to say, just as a sort of final question, I mean, I suppose going back to where we started, the ethical justification of God does seem to sort of rest somewhat on like the belief point. So mm. to sort of bring all of this to a conclusion. Yes, it was interesting because the middle episode didn't rely on belief. Yeah. The last episode kind of does. I think so. Like right? it can't do vest religious rules with moral authority if you don't believe in God. Yeah, surely not. Surely not. I can't see I can't see a case for that being no being true. No. I mean we went through part one, we looked at lots of things. I realized actually we didn't talk about the argument by design, although we possibly mentioned it briefly. It was briefly mentioned. Yeah. yeah. Just like, oh, the evidence of like the world is so perfect, humans are so like crazy and intricate, like how and we very quickly dismissed it as evolutionary biology yes, yeah, slash random chance. That's like, true. We're also the only rock out of billions as far as we know that has any life on it. So Yeah. Oh man, that's gonna be a fun episode. We've got to do at some point look at like aliens, Fermi Paradox. Oh, we didn't even consider that. Ancient aliens, God. <laughs> <laughs> the pyramids. Um, but yes, I think all in all, it's been a fun series to do. And I hope you guys liked it. And as we said at the beginning and in previous episodes, please get in touch. Send us your thoughts. Leave a review if you liked it. And yeah, we'd love to hear from you guys. And we'll be back soon. This was the third episode. We'll be back next month. Well, actually, we're going to release these. We'll release these. Yeah, so the next one you hear will be in a week or two. Yeah, and we'll be back with something new and big and in parts. Mm. Much love. Speak soon, guys. Thank you, guys. Bye.